Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode six of Process to Profitability. Today, it's just me talking about improving your website today with five easy updates that you can make. This is a subject that I am so passionate about because I believe that you don't need a brand new website or a total redesign in order to start seeing more results from your website. So take these updates and check out your own website. See if you can make some of these changes today to improve your design, or if these are things you can put on your to-do list if you think they're gonna take a little bit longer. Let's get started. Hi everybody, it is just me today talking about website design, which is one of my favorite parts of working with clients. I could literally sit on the computer all day and play around with CSS and website design and create graphics for websites. And if none of that makes any sense to you, that's totally okay. Because the tips I'm going to share with you today don't need any special knowledge as far as websites go. So I'm going to be sharing five tips that make it easy for you to update your website. Um, Some of them are going to help you have a higher conversion rate, while others are just things that you need to start doing in order to protect yourself. So let's get into it. The first thing, and this is probably the simplest thing, is to add your email address. This may seem silly because you probably have a contact form on your website already, but if you do not have your email address listed on your website, you need to go and do that now. This gives people a way to contact you that isn't through a form that's probably designed to fit your potential clients. Now, you may have a very generic form on your website that says name, email, subject, message, and that is a little bit less of a problem, but if you are in an industry where your questionnaire or your form on your website has a lot of very specific questions, I see this a lot in the wedding industry with how many guests and what's your budget and where's your location? Have you had any vendors yet? It makes it really hard for someone who's contacting you for a reason other than hiring you for your services to get in touch with you, which is why you need to have your email address. And I recommend listing this in at least two places on your contact page, just as you would your office hours, your social media links, include your email address on there. You can include a phone number if you want to, but that's not as necessary as email as a way of communication. And the other great place to put this is in your footer of your website, which means that people are gonna see it on every page and it makes it really easy for them to get in touch with you. Now, if you are in a service-based industry, I totally get that you're thinking, Who is going to be contacting me that can't fill out the form to get in touch or who isn't going to be a potential client? But you never know who's going to try to get in touch with you. This could be a vendor or someone who wants to give you credit on a project. It could be someone who wants to collaborate you or just wants to say hi because they read your blog. 
They may want to pitch you on something. And yes, if you put your email address out there, you might get a couple of spam emails. I have gotten some in my day from people wanting to me to the, review their products or write a blog post about something. And you can choose to respond to those or not. But by having your email address, you are at least giving people the opportunity to get in touch with you about things other than hiring you. Or these could be people that want to hire you but don't want to have to fill out the whole form. Maybe they don't know all those details yet and they just want to get to know you a little bit before they actually feel like they're committing to something that's going to be a big investment. So make sure you have your email address on your website, at least on your contact page. I would also recommend you put it in the footer of your website. And if you're looking for examples of ways to do this, you can check out my website at lemonandthesea.com. And then if you look at my portfolio, all of the websites I design include the email on the contact page as well. Number two, you need both a terms and conditions and a privacy policy on your website. Many websites have these combined, so mine is just a link to policies, and then it has terms and conditions at the top, privacy policy at the bottom, or you can have them separately, but you need to have these on your website, and you need to have them easily accessible. The best place to put this link is in the footer of your website, because that's where most people look for it, but they do need to be able to find it in a way that's really simple, and this does not have to be an overly designed page of your website. Most people are not going to read it, but legally you have to have this on your website. And in some places like the UK, you actually have to have this on your website in order for your website to really legally be displayed. In the US, it's a really important to protect yourself. Now, I am not a lawyer. I have never been a lawyer but I have done some research on this for my own website and for my clients, so I'm gonna give you an overview of what those two things are. Let's start with terms and conditions. This is basically a set of rules that visitors to your website have to agree to and follow. And you've seen these before. If you've ever downloaded a program or applied to something, when you click, I accept the terms and conditions, even if you don't read them, you are agreeing to follow all the rules that are set forth in that. These rules can include things like copyrights, so who owns the material on this website. It can also talk about the ability to share the information or use freebies. So on my website, I have a note about the resources in my vault and how many times you can print those out and if you can share them with people or if you can take them to a conference and hand them out in bulk. This is going to help protect you in the future if somebody steals your work. Yes, it is already copyrighted because you created it, but by having this listed on your website specifically, it will make it even easier to go after them in the future. You also want to make a note that you have limited liability um, if someone chooses to take advice that you're sharing on your website. Usually you see this on something like a health coach or someone who's sharing recipes, but this could be for anything that you're giving advice on. Basically what you want to say is that I am a professional in this field, but I am not work working specifically with you. And so if you choose to apply the advice that I am sharing in this post or on my website, 
and it doesn't go well, that's not something that you can come back and sue me over or fight with me because I'm just giving advice. You are the one that has to decide how and you want to apply that and what you want to do with that. If you have a blog and you're going to allow comments, you also need to have a comment policy. This is going to protect you if you decide to not include comments that have profane language or are uh, rude or something that you just don't want on your website. This will help you reserve the right to make those decisions for yourself so that people can't come back and complain that you didn't let their comment be shown on your website even though it wasn't something that was really appropriate. And then if you sell products or services through your website, you may want to include information about returns, refunds, and warranties. This is a great place to include this information because it will be easily accessible to people even before they purchase. And you may need this, you know, as they check out that they click a checkbox saying that they accept as well. But this is good information to have there so you can state whether or not you accept returns and how you handle that, um, how you handle any shipping information and costs involved there, if you give refunds and under what circumstances, and then if you have a warranty on any of your products, what does that look like? How would somebody um, follow up with you on any of that information? So that's the terms and conditions. It's a set of rules visitors have to agree to follow when they visit your website. And even if they never look at this page, by visiting your website, it is assumed that they are agreeing to this because they could go and look at it and then choose not to be on your site. The next thing you need to include is your privacy policy. And you need this on your website if you are collecting any kind of personal information. This would include comments, email addresses for a newsletter. This also includes if you have cookies on your website to get tracking data. Those are all things that you are collecting personal data from someone and you need to let them know that you are collecting that data and how are you are using that information. Now, this can be something really simple saying, you know, I don't share your information with anyone or I do share it. It doesn't matter what decision you make as far as that information, but you have to let them know what that looks like and how they can get in touch with you if they want their information removed. Um, so if they choose to have their information removed from you, you have to say, you can get in touch with me from, at this email address and I will remove your information. And then at the end of both of these policies, I always like to say, you know, something like, by being on the website, you're agreeing to these policies. They can be updated at any time without notice to you and can, your continued use means that you are agreeing to any updates. Now you can find some great templates for this online and I have an episode with Autumn Witt Boyd who is a lawyer coming up. She has some great templates and there are others online that you don't have to write this yourself but it will help cover you for any legal problems you could get into and you just need to know that this is something that's important for your website. It's one of the first pages I create for any of my client websites even though my clients probably have not considered it at all. Um, but I know that they need it, and so I include it. Now that the legal stuff is taken care of, and while that may sound scary, it's actually a pretty easy thing to add, 
we're going to get into things that take a little bit more time, but make a big difference in conversions on your website and finding the right fit clients for you. Number three way that you can improve your website today is by updating your portfolio. Now, let me just say that when I started out in my business, I included every single project I did in my portfolio. I totally get the desire to do that and the thinking behind it. You're thinking, I want new clients. I'm going to show off everything I could possibly offer in hopes that someone will hire me. But I'm here to tell you that you want your portfolio to be a showpiece of the work that you want to spend your time doing. So you only want to show work that you want more of. And this doesn't mean that everything has to look exactly the same because that may not be what you want. But it does mean that you should eliminate any projects that you don't offer those services anymore or that you don't actually want something similar for someone to come and hire you for. Because if you are showing a type of design or a wedding that you didn't love, people are going to come and request that you do the same thing for them. And then you have to decide if you're going to turn them down or if you are going to go ahead with it and maybe not love it. If you eliminate those things from your portfolio, then you won't get as many requests for that. And in your portfolio, I would say to feature three to five projects. You want at least three so that people can see that you have been working, but you don't want to overwhelm people by the sheer number of projects. They're not going to be able to look through everything. And so you want to make it really easy for them to see if your work is going to fit with their needs. There are a couple ways that you can do this. If you have more than three to five projects, you just need to make sure that it's organized. So if you have a lot of projects, here's what I would recommend that you do. On your website, create a portfolio page. And this page is going to simply be another page of your website. It is going to have a single image from each project with any details that you want to share, including the title or the client or the location, depending on what you're doing. And then that image will link to a page with more details about that project. This is pretty frequent in websites for wedding vendors because there are so many events and you want to be able to show off your work. So for example, if you are a wedding planner and you have a lot of items you want to include in your portfolio, your portfolio page on your website that people would click on would go to one page and it would have a grid of images. Each of those images would be from a different event and they would click on that image or the title underneath it to go to a separate page that then has more images from that event as well as the information about the vendors, testimonials from your clients, and a little bit about the story. And if you have a lot of events, you can also consider arranging them by style or type of event instead of just each individual couple or thing that you designed. This would make it really easy for somebody to find exactly what they were looking for and only look at those images if that's something you think would be helpful for your clients and make it easier to organize. So once you get past that portfolio landing page, what do you want in your portfolio to accompany your work? Obviously, you're going to want images. 
You're going to want the best of the best images you have, whether that is photographs from you or another vendor, whether it is um, stylized work that you have created for the website. So for example, my work is sort of laid out in these product views so that people can sort of see it in real life, even though I may not actually have a photograph of it. And that's the biggest thing. You want your images to speak really loudly about the work that you do and what you perform. Now, if you are in a business that doesn't have images for your work, this is going to be a little different because you're not necessarily going to have a portfolio. You might just have testimonials. But this next part is going to be important for you as well. So, in addition to any images that you have, you want to share a testimonial from your clients. So get their feedback on the event, what they loved, um, you know, how it made them feel working with you, any results that they got out of that. So if you can get numbers on increased engagement or, you know, monetary increase, that's great depending on your field. Or if you are servicing people as a wedding vendor, then you want to have your couples talk about how the day was just perfect and it fit them. Now, you don't want to make these testimonials up. You want them to be real. But you can sort of choose the pieces that fit what you want to share and then go back to them and say, is it okay if I share it with this wording? And usually they'll come back and say yes. So you want a testimonial. Those speak volumes because it's somebody else saying that you're really good at your job and not just you saying it. And then you want a little bit about what you provided. So you can go into a little bit of detail about what you provided. For example, on my website, I will say if something was a brand design or a website design, you know, if we did calls or if everything was just through questionnaires. And that gives a little bit of an overview of what you did but you also want the story behind the project. So you want to include information about why this person came to you, why they chose to hire you, a little bit about their story, what you did when you worked together, and then the results that they saw. And this is gonna make things really relatable for other potential clients who are on your website checking you out. And that's important because you want them to feel like they can picture themselves working with you and getting the results that you have given to others. This is also the page where if you need to credit other vendors for a project, you can include that information. Um, so if you need to credit a photographer or a caterer, this is where you can include links to their websites and their information really easily without needing to put that on a different page of your website. And of course, in that, just make sure that you are following whatever agreements you have set forth with those vendors. So my advice for the portfolio is that you take a look at that today and see if there are projects that you can take out because they're not really representative of the work that you want to do, or if there's a better way for you to organize things so that it's really easy for your potential clients to find out if you are going to be a good fit for them style-wise, um, and with the results that you provide for your clients. Of course, if you are in an industry that doesn't have a portfolio, this isn't going to be a page on your website at all. You might then choose to have a testimonials page instead where you can have feedback from each of your clients. You want to include testimonials throughout your website so that people can see that 
But if you don't have a portfolio page, you might want to have a testimonials page or a client stories page that gives the same feeling of here's what it looks like to work with this person. Here are the results that I might be able to expect. And is this going to be a good fit based on what other people are saying? Now, my fourth piece of advice or my fourth tip for improving your website is a little bit more time consuming, but it's very important. And that is to keep it simple. What I mean by that is you don't want to overwhelm a visitor to your website with so much information that they don't know where to look, they don't know what to do, and so they just leave because they are too overwhelmed to even get into it. You can start this by giving each page on your website a single purpose. So what that might look like, you can start with your about page. That's usually a pretty easy one because your about page's purpose is to let visitors get to know more about you and about how you can help them. That's the purpose, letting them get to know you and your business. And that makes it pretty easy to write copy for that page, um, at least from the standpoint of knowing what it is that you wanna cover. Your contact page. The purpose is to get people to fill out your form and get in touch with you about collaborations or hiring you or whatever it is that they are interested in. That's the page where you want people to go in order to start the process of actually investing in your services or product. Your sales page or your services page has the purpose of communicating what it is that you do, the benefits that you offer, and giving details about how somebody can hire you. So that page is all about, this is what I do, this is how you can hire me. And the purpose of that page is to attract the right clients, you know, deter the wrong clients, and then move them on through your website. You want to keep your content short and to the point. Your website is not a place for rambling on about every little detail because that can be overwhelming. And what I found is we all know our individual services so well that we could talk about them for hours and we think every detail is important to share. And it is, but not right away. So what I would say is that you should have enough information on your website to let people know what it is that you do, how they can hire you, and if they're going to be a good fit or not, and then they can come to you for more detailed information. And this serves two purposes. This helps your website be short and simple, and it also helps you control the conversation and get their information once they contact you and it makes it a whole lot easier to follow up with them because you're not just hoping that they come back to your website, you actually have their contact information and they have expressed interest in working with you. A note here is to be authentic. And I know that that is a big buzzword lately and we don't necessarily like it because we don't know what it means, um, but you wanna be yourself on your website. It doesn't have to be something super formal. It doesn't have to be, you know, just bullet points. You want it to sound like yourself, but you also want to just say what you mean. We don't need to go into a lot of hyperbole and fancy language because that's going to confuse people. 
So especially on the main pages, like your home pages and services page, be authentic, be yourself, but get to the point and tell people what it is that you want them to do. Your blog is the place where you get to have a lot more content and can spend some more time getting into the details and the nitty gritty of why you do what you do and how you serve people and the story behind your business. That's what people expect from a blog. And so that's where they go for that information. And you want to have that information in that place, but on those pages that are more static, that don't change all the time, that people are going to land on and make decisions based on, you want to keep those simple and to the point. Because if a visitor isn't sure about something, they're not going to go dig around your website to figure out the answers. They're just going to leave and find somebody else. So you want to make sure you include the information that they need without getting into too much detail or they're going to get confused. The final piece of advice that I have for you today that you can use to make improvements to your website is to add a call to action to every page. A note before we get into this topic is that your call to action on every page is not going to be the same, but you want to have a call to action on each page of your website. If you haven't started this, the best way to do it is to think of your website as a journey. You want to know where that person is coming to your website on, Usually that's your homepage, um, unless you are directing them to a different page of your website from social media. And you want to tell them which page to visit next. The point is that they're going to be able to figure out all of the information they need to know to decide if they're going to hire you or buy your product um, really easily. So sit down, map out the journey somebody would take from landing on your website to hiring you and think about all of the pages involved in that. So they're probably going to get to your homepage first and then they might go to your about page to learn a little bit more about you or they might go to your blog to learn more about um, who you work with and projects that you've done and the things that you're talking about. From there, they might decide to check out your portfolio and then they might look at your services page or they might do that in the opposite order, look at your services page and then look at your portfolio. From there, you know, after they've looked at your services and your portfolio, you want them to go to your contact page so that they can actually get in touch with you and start the process of potentially hiring you. And on your contact page, you want to make it simple for them to take the next step, whether that is filling out a form and getting in touch, giving you some more information, or if that's directly scheduling a call with you so that you can, you know, really get to know them one-on-one -on -one through a phone call or a video chat before they even have to give you a lot of information. You want to figure out what the best way is for the way that you work and for your clients and walk them through that journey on your website. So once you have this journey laid out, you want to include the calls to action on your website. What does that look like? It might be a little bit different on each page. On some pages, it's simply going to be a button. So on your services page, it might just be a button that says get in touch or contact me to learn more or schedule a call to get started. Whereas on your homepage, you might have more than one call to action, which I know I said add one call to action, but your homepage, you might give people 
two choices. You might say, read the blog or learn more about what I do. And that way they can pick what it is that they're really coming to your website for. But you want those to be buttons on your website, big and bold and fun, so that people click on them because people love to click on buttons. Um, And if you, the reason that you need to have a call to action is because if you don't tell people what it is that you want them to do next, they're not going to know where to go and they might just leave your website instead of figuring it out. You want to make it really simple for them to say, okay, I landed on your homepage. I looked it over. I kind of know what you do. I kind of know a little bit about you. What do I do next? Okay, well, I go to your blog. Well, I've read some blog posts. What do I do next? I can sign up for your newsletter and I can learn more about you there. You know, or I read your about page. What do I do next? Okay, I'll go and I'll look at your portfolio and check out the work that you've been doing. And then I'll check out your services and see if they're a good fit for my needs or somebody I know's needs. You want to direct them on this journey through your website because it makes it so easy for them to know whether or not you're a good fit because they're getting all of the information they need in a way that makes sense. Now, not everybody is going to follow this journey. There are always people who like to just click around and figure things out for themselves, and that's totally fine. But you do want to make it a really easy option. And remember that there are a couple of places it's really important to have a call to action, and that's your services page where you're saying, hire me. Um, And then on your contact page where you're saying, get in touch for the next steps. Because if you don't tell people to hire you, they're not going to. And this is goes back to the point that people have said that if you don't ask for something, people aren't going to do it. If you don't tell people how they can hire you, they're not even going to really realize that it's a, an option. You know, you may even want to say something like, I have, I am booking now for these dates so that they know that your schedule is open because they might not know that just based on following you on social media or from what they see on your website. Try not to assume what visitors to your website know as far as how to hire you and what it is that you do and when you're available and make it easy for them to find out that information. All right, so to review those five ways that you can improve your website today, add your email address to your contact page and your footer, add a terms and conditions and privacy policy if you don't already have one, And if you are in need of one, you can check out some templates that are available. Uh, There are some great lawyers who work with creative entrepreneurs out there who have templates available um, for a pretty reasonable price that you can customize to your needs. Update your portfolio to show only the work that you want more of and to make it really easy for your clients and visitors to see if you are going to be a good fit for them. Keep it simple. Give each page a single purpose and then reduce the amount of content that you have so you're giving them the details that they need but not overwhelming them and so you can direct the conversation by getting them to get in touch with you. And then add a call to action to each page of your website so that you can guide people on a journey through your website and get the right people to get in touch with you and potentially hire you and let the people who aren't such a great fit know that up front so that you aren't having to 
figure that out through calls and questionnaires down the road. I will be including more of these solo episodes where I'm talking about website design and brand design throughout the show. It's usually going to be every third episode, and I'm really excited to talk about these things that I am so passionate about that are going to help you hopefully improve your business and serve your clients and customers well because you will be making it really simple for them and you will be reaching the right people for both your business and to be able to give them the best service possible because they are who you have a heart to serve. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and I hope that you will take a look at your own website today and see what improvements you might be able to make. If you're interested in learning more about designing a website that helps you turn visitors into clients, check out my website design guide called Create a Website That Gets You Hired. You can download that on my website at lemonandthesea.com slash design guide, one word. I hope that you check it out today and get to make some great improvements to your site. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 